I'm Cody. And I'm Dana. And you're listening to the Goddamn Football Podcast. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. I get star status. Hey. Star status tonight. And we ain't stopping till they cut on the lights. That's right. It has been nearly a month. Nearly a month, Cody. Far too long. Far, far too long. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, got an episode to discuss all the craziness that's been going on in the NFL free agency. Um, some fun stuff to talk about. And really, we're, we're gearing up for our first live episode. We're going live next episode. Uh, Cody's got himself a nice new setup. Kind of jealous about uh, we're going to do some practicing, we're going to go live, hopefully, that's the plan, is next episode, uh, unless we have technical issues, that's the plan. So, let's get things started, and I'm going to kick it off to Cody to tell you guys what exactly we have going on today. Well, we're going to talk about... Uh... The best and worst free agency moves. Um, I'll talk a little bit about um, Carson Wentz's uh, Colt Presser and uh, the quiet teams versus the busy teams this NFL off season. And then we may be talking a little bit about the draft. Um, first things first. Uh, Dan and I are going to give our top five best free agency moves. Off-season moves. Oh, excuse me. Off-season moves. Dan, go ahead. You go first. All right. My number one top five best off-season move this year, or this off-season, has to be... One thing we've already discussed because it's you know it happened before free agency really hit, which is the Carson Wentz trade. Uh, and to me, it's because it's a win-win. Um, a lot of what we see in free agency is a lose-win or a win-lose, whatever you know. Somebody's losing out of it, but to me, I feel like the the Wentz trade, as we've discussed in detail is really a win-win. Eagles have a quarterback they're confident in moving forward with, and they get some really good value out of Wentz and the draft picks and whatnot, and Colts feel really good that they've got a future quarterback now uh, and not just a Band-Aid with Phillip Rivers or something. And, you know, Colts feel like uh, they got their money's worth, essentially. That's my number one. Uh, what's your number one? Best. My number one best is Aaron Jones resigning with the Packers because it keeps that Super Bowl window wide open. Um, I thought if he left, it kind of would shrink it a bit. Um, I mean, I know they lost a few other guys, but he was like the name. Main free agent, like, they almost had to resign to keep that Super Bowl window 
Oakland because they're at the best when they are handing when Aaron Rodgers is turning around and handing him the football. You never thought you would say that. They're at their best when they're when they're handing off the football. <laughs> yeah. But I have to agree, I was pretty pretty nervous that Aaron Jones was gone. I was like I, it, for some reason, I don't know what it is if the Packers just feel like the franchise tag because they know that amongst the players, players hate it. Um, the Packers don't really like using it because they are such a fan. You know, the, they're they're owned by the fans, and they're such a player friendly organization. They try to do what's right by the players, and sometimes uh, they walk a fine line between what's right for a business and what's right for the players. Um. I, I do think that's a great choice, though, because you're you're absolutely right. Aaron Jones is so important to that team, and I'm glad that Aaron took what Pack, the Packers could offer him. They gave him a pretty good deal, a lot more money than they could have just they could have just franchise tagged him. Well, tendered uh, they could have. What was it? The transition tag. It was only for a little over eight million. Uh, he's walking away with almost $14 million a year for, for a couple of years, as if they were to have franchise tagged him two years in a row. But it's a four-year deal. It's more comfortable. Um, really, the way it's structured, if Jones isn't just as good as he is as he has been lately after two years, if Jones is already on the decline after two years, our, we won't take hardly any cap hits if we were to get rid of him. So it's all basically in a two-year deal, even though it's a four-year contract. Yeah, I, I don't think there was any way, any way possible that they were going to pay him over ten million a year. Yeah, and I they surprised me. Yep. So. They surprised me too. I'm I'm happy or I'm glad that they did. That's for sure. All right, my number two, or well, now I'm going to move on to my number one worst free agency move. Or do you want to get through the best? No, let's let's do that. All right, our number one worst free agency move. I should have. We should have really started with our bottom and worked our way up. Oh, no, but the suspense is gone, my friends. I'm sorry. Number one worst free agency move this off season. Well, worst off season moves in general. Really, isn't one in particular move for me. It is all of the moves, the combination conglomerate of the Patriots. And what it looks like. From the outside looking in, it looks like Bill Belichick is on revenge tour trying to get his Super Bowl. And he's acted out in desperation. Uh, He's like, oh yeah, Tom Brady, I'm going to answer you right back. And the Patriots are buying up every single thing that they possibly can in free agency. And Bill Belichick's going to coach his way to the Super Bowl. And I just I see that backfiring. Uh, a lot of the deals that they've signed are three, four year deals with a lot of money up front, and they already didn't have like an amazing cap situation. So I just really feel like they're trying to mortgage their future here, and I I foresee it biting the Patriots in the butt, and they don't improve as much as they expect. 
that said, um, no use in beating a dead horse. What's your number one worst free agency move, Cody? My number one worst free agency move is the Chicago Bears signing Andy Dalton to be their starting quarterback. Chicago Bears, where quarterbacks go to die. <laughs> Any offensive player goes to die. True. Or maybe all linemen. Uh, they they made a play for Carson Wentz, and then they made a play for Russell Wilson, and then you settle for Andy Dalton? What? At that point, you might as well just stick with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. But double at that point, if they made a move for those other two quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky's feeling like, what the fuck am I, chopping liver? He, he doesn't want to play for Chicago anymore anyways. He's right. gone. By the way, he did get signed somewhere else. I forget where it was. Uh, Buffalo? I believe it was the Bills. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, Andy Dalton, I don't know. He He's going to have an average season. Again, I think the Bears have a solid defense, so all they really need is average quarterback play to at least potentially make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to beat the Packers twice. They might beat them once, but Packers are still going to win that division. I, I honestly don't see them beating the Packers twice or once, I mean, but we'll see. You know, you never know in the division rivalry games, especially in the NFC North. Well, I think what's going to happen here is the Bears are going to get desperate and one of two things that will happen on draft day. Either... They're going to get so desperate, and they're going to sell the farm to move all the way up to the top ten of the draft to draft one of them quarterbacks. Or they're going to sit where they're at, be dumb, and reach on a guy uh, that's a, in the first round that probably should be picked in the third round. Bears usually draft well. Uh, and now that they've got Eric... Andy Dalton, and they decided to move forward with him, I don't think you're going to see them pick up one of the big-name quarterbacks. I do think they could potentially pick up a quarterback later in the draft. But uh, they they tend to do that. They always address some other needs, or they bolster areas where they don't necessarily have need, like they they get a whole bunch of defensive ends when they already lead the league in sacks. <laughs> you know, stupid shit like that. Like, what are you doing? You need a quarterback. You had a chance to get one. They've had chances. That's that's what the Bears do is they they blow their chances to improve the obvious places. But I can't say that the Packers have not also done that in the past for certain things like when we've needed wide receivers and they didn't get them. <laughs> Uh, last year, I don't think that was a fluke, though, for the Packers. But anyways, we'll move on. Um, number two, best offseason move. I have to give it to another big block buster type of deal, which is the Matt Stafford trade to the Rams. Um, now, the difference between this trade and the reason I didn't have it at number one, I do think Matt Stafford is the going to have the better season out of the gates because he's a more seasoned vet. Um, I think Carson Wentz down the road is going to be great for the Colts, but you know he might have an 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, season for, the, for his first year. 
but it won't be his fault. Statistically, I think he'll do great. Now, Matt Stafford, I think he's going to lead the Rams to the playoffs right away. Um, and I think that's the big reason for it being a, a, my top five number two is Stafford is an instant. Like, he's taking the Rams to the playoffs just on his arm, and the Rams are talented enough that that he could carry them. He, Matt Stafford could get them a playoff win. He's got that influence and that talent. So, shame on the Lions for letting him go because he was one of the few good things you had going. Lions are in tank mode. Um, bad bad move for the Lions, but great move for Rams in signing him. What about you? Uh, my first one was a current Packer, and my second one is now a former Packer, Corey Lindsley. Signing with the Los Angeles Chargers as the highest paid center in NFL history. Great center. Happy for him. I have to disagree there. Uh, great move, but I actually have Lindsley in one of my worst moves list because he can't, he's coming off an injury. He was injured quite a bit in the last couple of years, actually. Uh, excellent, excellent center. Pro Bowl caliber. Yes, yes, yes. But to go out and grab a guy off an injury, uh, had back problems, and pay him the most out of any center in the league just screams to me, like, what are you thinking? You know, like, it, it, it could potentially backfire, but I see the Chargers definitely, you know, like, I, I say Lindsley deserves it. Amazing guy out of the Ohio State University. I just I think it's a bad business move. Well, I mean, we'll free agency see. as a whole is bad business moves because it's you're overpaying yeah. for everybody. It does seem that way. Um, that's just the way. That's just the way it, it works. The way it's always worked. I mean, yeah. All right. Um. That brings me to my number two worst free agency move, and that is Dak Prescott. Out of all the quarterbacks getting these huge deals, I just I don't see where Dak Prescott is worth it. He had awesome numbers last year, but they also made him throw the ball way too much. And, you know, he, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's got more uh, um, down-the-field running skills, but in terms of in the pocket and escaping and making great throws, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I say, beats him there. And in terms of accuracy, Aaron Rodgers obviously beats him. Um, and to make to pay him what you did, I just don't see the, the Cowboys being perennial... Um, playoff caliber team right now with him as their starting quarterback. Like, I don't know. Uh, Yeah. It's great for the, for people who hate the Cowboys. So good job Cowboys, I guess, (laughs) but terrible deal. In in my opinion, Uh, I love Dak Prescott as a, as a guy and think he carries himself pretty well, actually. Um, Especially, you know, the way he's handled the whole leadership role and 
stuff with the Cowboys. There's a lot of pressure there, and he's gotten a lot of scrutiny, but I think he actually handled it fairly well, considering Zeke Elliott, honestly, has been kind of a, a little diva. He's been a wine baby. Um, now, I, I do think that he's been underutilized, but anyways, that's a whole nother, whole nother deal. Um, I'm going to move on. What's your number two worst? Wide receiver, Kenny Galladay. Oh, yeah, he was way overpaid. Got a huge payday, injury prone. Yep. Um, I mean, a lot of people compare him to Paxton Burris. Paxton Burris, signed with the Giants, back in 06. Ended up getting him a Super Bowl. He's not big like Plax was. Plax was this giant, like, yeah. almost like a Megatron before Megatron, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I think it's a bad move, and I think they, they way overpaid him. Yep, uh, they needed to get Daniel Jones a, a, a true number one, you know, like legit guy who could be the guy. And they did that. So, you know, good good job, Giants, in getting, you know, and uh, you're lucky, Daniel Jones, that you got a team who's willing to do that because, you know, some teams, some quarterbacks don't get the luxury of a star wide receiver unless it's homegrown. Uh, let's move on. Let's see. Number three, top five best offseason moves this year. I have the Eagles signing safety Anthony Harris. For how much money was it? Like seven? Five. Five million. Oh, my gosh. This dude's a stud, putting up great numbers, projected by many, many analysts uh, throughout the NFL to get a big deal. Like, he was projected to get four million, not four million, sorry, a four-year deal, not a short-term deal, um, worth... Fifty-six million. Yeah, in the fifty million area, and... The Eagles somehow nabbed him for one year, basically telling him, you got to earn your, your long-term deal. We're going to sign you to a Band-Aid and give you $5 million right now. Like, are you kidding me? Like, how do you even sign that if you're Anthony Harris? Like, what happened? Does he think the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl this year? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you could have done better. It's a great deal for the Eagles. That's a steal. Yeah, I, the only thing that I don't like about Anthony Harris is his age. He's, he's a little bit older in the tooth. He's 29 years old. Getting to be on the wrong side of 30 there. But um, he's got, uh, I guess he's got some kind of background with our new defensive coordinator, which is why he signed here. Okay. Um, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, I mean... Good job, Eagles, in getting a steal. Uh, what's your number three top five best offseason moves? Washington football team signing Curtis Samuel. Who? Curtis Samuel. Who? Curtis Samuel. <laughs> um, to, um, to team up with um, Ohio State. Roommate, um, what's the space? The guy plays for Washington. I can't even think of his name. Quarterback? 
Uh, wide receiver. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, he had a really good season, too. Yeah. So. Anyways, they, they were. They were. Eagles are loving. Or not Eagles. Washington is loving the Ohio State. Yeah. Football team. I hate it, man. The whole, the whole NFC East. Giant, the Giants, the Cowboys, the fucking or the Washington football team. They all fucking go out and draft all these Ohio State players. And I got to root against these Ohio State players because I'm a goddamn Eagles fan. Eagles don't ever draft anybody from Ohio State anymore. <laughs> it's like, eh, killing me. Yeah. And there's a lot of really good, talented players out there from Ohio State. All right. Uh, number three on my five worst free agency and off-season moves. Rob Gronkowski. Uh, um, he he had a huge Super Bowl game. and But other than that, like, he came out last year, said he was cheating on his exercise videos. <laughs> so right there it shows, you know, he's, he's feeling his age a little bit. He didn't really, you know, like, he had to cheat to get through his workouts and stuff. Like, I, I can tell the way he moves, he's not the same old Rob Gronkowski. Um, that doesn't mean that he can't contribute, but they signed him for one year for $8 million, Guaranteed. And that's, like, top tight end money. Not, like, the top, but that's, you know, pretty high tight end money around the league and I, I don't know I just feel like um, he had a little bit of Tom Brady in his back pocket saying I'll give you a little extra money I, I don't think that you know from from a business standpoint signing him for a whole nother season uh, at 8 mil you, know, you probably could have cut that in half as old as he is and as much money as he already has he would have still signed it <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like you said, he had he had a really good game in the, in the Super Bowl. Yep, I, I do and, believe in in paying for like players who come in at crunch time, and then again, like the saying goes, you're you are as good as your last game, and his last game was the Super Bowl. So yep. He played damn good. Yep. So I I consider that a bad move on a business part, but I can also, that's why it's down the list, you know, it's number four. Um, in fact, that means it, that's, I skipped my number three, because I have, oh. yep, so that was actually my number four. Uh, my number three, I will just do a twofer, then we can do, you can do three and four. My number three is the signing of defensive end Carl Lawson, the Jets, Put Carl Lawson, who is undersized, by the way. Uh, I, I, I don't understand this. So, $45 million, three-year deal. And I'm like, who's Carl Lawson? You know, like, obviously the guy's talented. He, he's had some good seasons and stuff. But he's only 6'2", for a defensive end. And undersized, uh, <laughs> underpowered, like, he, he gets production. 40, like, the guy's got heart, man. He really does. I just feel like you gave him top, top pass rusher money. That was, like, close. That, that, that outdoes 
the J.J. Watt deal. That's the kind of money that... Um, well, J.J. Watt's old. I know, but okay, so in fact, that's half a million more than Tampa Bay gave their D-tackle. What's his name? Uh, dang it. That big defensive tackle who was like huge in all the in the Super Bowl and the playoffs and stuff. Young guy. They signed him to a three year deal worth forty four and a half million. And I'm like almost the same type of player, but you know, and he's younger. He's like twenty seven, where Carl Lawson is twenty eight or twenty nine, so I know it's only a year, but still it makes a difference. Are you talking about Shaq Lawson? Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett, yeah. Yes, Shaq Barrett. He's so a linebacter. He ain't exactly a linebacker. He's a defensive end or something. He's like their... <clears throat> he's a pass rushing linebacker. Okay. Well, anyways, Shaq Barrett got $44.5 million for three years. So, right there, that I mean, that's a big name in the NFL. Everybody knows Shaq Barrett. Dude's a freaking baller. Monster. Yet... You're gonna give Carl Lawson forty five million for three years? Like to me that was a huge, huge waste of money. And again, we're sitting here talking about we're talking about the Buccaneers versus the Jets. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, that's why we make these lists. <laughs> Just to emphasize the bad decision making. Alright, what's your number three and four? Worst free agency offseason um, moves slash offseason. Number three is uh, New England Patriots signing Tyler Jano Smith. Um, I, Smith. Yeah. I, I, I didn't hear much about him, see much about him. I, mean, I guess he had a decent season, but I, I just think they way overpaid him. I agree. Um, number four. Juju Smith-Schuster for turning down a multi-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles to sign a one-year deal with the state of Pittsburgh. This is Ben's last year, dude. Should have took, took the deal. Go play with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. That pissed me off so bad. That, that's the one guy I wanted out of free agency was Juju Smith-Schuster. I, yeah. I'm like... To me... I've never liked Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he's old and washed up now. I mean, he came back and shook off some rust and had an okay season, but I uh, he, he's not taking him to another Super Bowl, dude. <laughs> go, go somewhere where you're going to be loved more. I don't know. Maybe he's got something. Because I know a lot of Pittsburgh people have something against Philly. Maybe there's something there where you know, Could Juju, be. Juju just didn't want to go to Philly. Well, I, well, there was two rumors. There was first, it was that he turned down a multi-year deal with the Eagles to go to or to go back to Pittsburgh, and then the same guy who reported that came out and reported that um, what had happened was that Juju Smith-Schuster wanted to sign with the Eagles. And his agent called the Eagles, and the Eagles told his agent that they couldn't afford to sign him. So a whole bunch of telephone game, he said, she said. Yeah. 
I, 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 I don't know which one to believe, but I'll just go with the original report, which is that he turned us, he turned down an all-time deal, dude. Yeah. All right, that brings us to. I kind of like doing two at once, so I'm gonna finish up my top five best off-season moves. And uh, we talked about one of them already, which was your number one, this, the re-signing of Aaron Jones. Um, I think that was an excellent deal. No need to really continue hashing, beating a dead horse on that, I think. I love the fact that Aaron Jones probably took a little less than he would have got in the real free agency market, but... The Packers definitely gave him a little more than we everybody expected them to be able to give him. So it was a good meet in the middle. Um, and then my number, that was my number five. My number four is Aaron Jones's uh, counterpart from last year, Jamal Williams. His number two punch is getting signed with the Lions for only like $4 million. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys know this. You watched a lot of the games where Jamal Williams was that number two guy. There were plenty of plays where Jamal Williams is freaking running through arm tackles, beating dudes up just as bad as Aaron Jones. The one thing Jamal Williams doesn't have is that like big block block brush, uh, blockbuster breakaway speed. But that said, he is a do-it-all back. He's got enough speed. And he's definitely got slightly more power. He's more durable. He can catch just as well as Aaron Jones. He runs good routes. He pass blocks excellently. In fact, we used to keep, um, the Packers used to keep Jamal Williams in for pass protection plays because Aaron Jones just hadn't quite developed to that point yet. And he definitely has now. Um I think the Lions are getting a steal. They're getting a guy who they can literally plug and be in every down back right away for a four or five million. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, I disagree with him. I, I, I've never really been big on Jamal Williams. Um, I always thought Aaron Jones was the guy there. Oh, for sure. Aaron Jones is the um, guy. I just I'm just saying Jamal Williams for, for that little bit of money is the type of guy, if the Lions decide to use him as an every down back, he could put up a 1,000-yard season easy. Behind the truth on line? We talk about back no line here anymore. I'm talking about the truth on line now. Yeah, I guess <laughs> we'll see. You're right, you're right. Um, my number four and five best off-season moves. Number four is Hunter Henry being signed by the New England Patriots. Um, I gave him a knock on the Junior Smith. But Hunter Henry, I, when the kid is healthy, he's a game-changer. And then uh, my number five is the trade um, between the Indianapolis Colts and the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz. Like you said earlier, win-win. Don't yeah. need to be said. Yep. I did have a special mention. It's not necessarily a move that was made in particular. Uh, there were two teams this offseason that made 
20 moves in free agency slash off-season moves in general or more uh, so far. And that would be the New England Patriots and the Houston Texans. Houston has made the most, close to 25. Um, And what I would like to say is I think it's a good thing two, three years down the road for Houston. But everybody can see the, the writing on the wall is that they are tanking. They are trying to get dead last place. <laughs> they are the, the junior varsity team this upcoming season. So do not have high hopes or expectations. They may surprise us, but the way all of the people they've signed are one, two-year deals for four or five million at the most. They're super like cut and dry. Like We just need you to fill up our roster sort of moves. And I, I honestly think that Texas is going to be set, locked, and loaded to spend big in two years. They're going to be able to spend big, have high draft pick, and really just rebuild the entire team. So I think that, I guess, is like a special mention as a, a good free agency move this season. That they're doing a lot, like it's not necessarily one of the best tactics, but I wanted to mention that I think Houston's doing right, even though we live in a win now league. <laughs> so what's your last of the worst? My last worst was um, actually to build off of one of your best picks. I, I had mentioned it earlier. You said Corey Lindsley was one of your best picks. Mm-hmm. And I disagree. I think that's one of the worst picks because of the injury proneness that he's had. And to put him in as the top paid center, like, I could get paying him high center money, but, like, the top paid center, um, I don't know, just overdoes it for me. It's not as though he is the top center guaranteed maybe he is I don't know I haven't looked at the stats of all the other centers in the league to see if you know they've been just as injury prone off and on as he has things like that but I didn't feel like it was that you know he could have stayed in Green Bay and still probably been paid top top 10 center money (laughs) so you're just mad (laughs) yeah I'm mad but I ain't mad at him for taking the money. I mean, sometimes I would have taken the money, too. <laughs> we couldn't have paid him nearly what he got. So, I can tell you that. Uh, my worst off-season move is a disagreement with one of your best off-season moves. And that is the Matthew Stafford trade. <clears throat> Number one, Detroit gave up their... Um, the Rams gave up way too much. Number two, um, I think Lions are fucking up anyway. Because <laughs> they can't draft for shit. Yeah. Unless your name's um, Barry Sanders and, or Calvin Johnson. Um, but the Rams, man, they keep trading away these first round picks. And I just, I just feel like 
they may win this trade short term. It may work out for them short term. But I promise you it won't work out long term. Yeah. Because they got like five years before they got another first round pick. It is nice. That's a long fucking time. Yep. You got to count on essentially Matthew Stafford to be the guy for five years. Yeah. Good and, luck with that. Yeah. And look how much he's been hurt with shoulder problems and stuff. Yeah. Not only that, I mean, you got, I mean, you got, I mean, you got to depend on free agency. Yep. But with older quarterbacks staying in the league for so long, the NFL is extending the timeline on the age of quarterbacks and how long they pay, play before retiring. So they're expecting that Stafford's good for another seven to ten years. They think, you know, oh, he's easily good for four, <laughs> five. Yeah, I think they're wrong. But yeah, we'll see. Yep, you're right. um, I kind of agree there. I think he's going to be great for a couple of years and then uh, kind of fall off like you think. I want to move on to Carson Wentz's. Presser, why I've lost a little bit of respect for him. Um, I know you probably didn't watch his presser, but he was asked when he knew it was over in Philadelphia. And like the crybaby that he is, he said, well, yeah, Ben's your green man. So you gave up on your team, and you knew you wasn't going to come back. But instead, you go and tell the owner, well, I'll, I won't come back. If Doug Peterson's here. So you got Doug Peterson fired. Which I don't, I don't really have a all that problem with. But I, to me it's just messed up. You got Doug Peterson fired. And then tell the other one, this ain't going to work. You need to get me out of here. Yeah. I, I, that, that's, that would rub me the wrong way too. That's the wrong way to do business. And all I got to say is he better hope it works out in Indianapolis because I don't think he'll get a third shot. If, he, if, if this kind of something kind of like this happens in Indianapolis, oh, nobody's going to even touch him. Yep. I agree. It'll be over with. Yep. And we said that when we discussed our whole, like, that when that trade went down, we had said, this is your chance. If You know, this is his last chance. Like, he's getting everything that he wants on a silver platter. And he's got a really good offensive lineup, too. He's got a good O-line. He's got good wide receivers. Good running backs. Good running backs. Good head coach. Good play calling, usually, with the Colts. Like, the system is there to where he should succeed and do very well in his first couple of years. We're not expecting... Instant playoffs, but I honestly think the money they pay, you know, what they gave up to get him and stuff, they are, the Colts are expecting instant playoffs. <laughs> oh, most definitely. And Wentz better be putting the pressure on himself, so. I think he's got the most pressure of any player in the league this year. Yeah. Nobody has more pressure on them than Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um... You said something about you want to discuss uh, uh, busy teams versus non-busy teams. Yeah, I just um, I noticed that we've got a couple teams. We already I already mentioned the Houston Texans and the Patriots being very very active, 
Um, and we've got those teams that are historically very active. The Patriots are almost always active in free agency. Um, and then, you know, teams that are historically very inactive, uh, such as the Packers. You know, only recently have they been slightly more active, but it's still usually one deal, you know, maybe two here and there in free agency. Uh, I just kind of wanted to maybe discuss what your thoughts are on is there a right and a wrong? Because obviously the Patriots won a whole bunch of Super Bowls doing it. But then you've got teams like the Packers who make the playoffs almost every single year because they do that whole draft and develop and you know almost all their players are homegrown. They don't get a lot of free agents. I mean, for the most part, the whole buying a championship hasn't worked all the way up until... Tampa um, Bay? <laughs> no, the Eagles. Oh, yeah. That's what the Eagles did in 17. They went out free agency for two straight years. I mean, they built it over two straight years. They didn't build it over one year. Right. And they just signed a whole bunch of free agents. And, like, that's all Carson Wentz had around was a bunch of, bunch of free agents teams. that have won Super Bowls or were in Pro Bowls or on all pro teams or all that. And then, and then Tampa did it here last year. Yeah. Um, did the same exact thing. Um, so I mean, I, I mean, you can. It's just harder to do. Yeah, because the cap space and the fact that the cap shrank this year mm-hmm. just made it so interesting. A lot of player, or a lot of analysts were saying this is going to be a crazy year in free agency, and they weren't wrong. Uh, but they thought it might be a little more spread out. Shit, it's crazy. Mostly because of the Patriots in right. Houston. Like, a couple big blockbuster deals, those happen every year. Uh, or almost. You at least get one or two big blockbuster deals. But Patriots are signing people left and right, and Houston signing people left and right, and getting rid of people, too. Like, all the people Houston signed were, like I said, just Band-Aids. One-year deal, two-year deal, four or five million dollars. Like, I mean, that's, that's an insane today. In today's world and, and all the sports, you know, look at. Yeah. I mean, prior to LeBron signing with the Lakers, he signed a long term deal with the Lakers. But, like, all the other teams he signed with, even if he stayed there multiple years, his upfront contract. His contract ended each after each yeah. season. He had an opt out and he opted out every year. Yeah. And he hasn't, hasn't done that with the Lakers. Um, but. I mean, that's just the thing to do now, I guess, is just do a few years at a time and then go hit that open market again. Yeah, I love it. I think it's it's making football more and more interesting to the fan because we're starting to see super teams, you know, essentially like the possibility of super teams. Uh, Not that you want to see... One team that has all the money and can buy their team every single year, like the fucking Yankees. Fuck hey, man. Don't be tough shit on my Yankees. <laughs> Fuck the Yankees. They buy everybody every Fuck single the year. 
<laughs> you're just jealous that your team ain't got some money my team's got. <laughs> so, do you want that from the NFL? Do you want no cap? Yeah, I do. And then the team with all the money gets all the best players? <sighs> I like the structure now. I like the cap because it makes things more level. Because then you don't have... The reason that you've got teams that go fucking 0-16 right now is because they choose to tank. Like, they want to tank on purpose. Although... <coughs> Dolphins, <coughs> Lions. Right. The problem is that they do this, like certain teams, especially the fucking Lions and the Browns, are terrible, 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 terrible business people or like business teams or something because they set themselves up for this great success and they throw it away. Johnny Manziel. <laughs> like, who the hell drafts Johnny Manziel and pays him all the money and then he just pisses it away because you, you got terrible business acumen and people making those decisions and scouting him like... You knew the dude was trouble. Like, he was in trouble all the time in college. Why the hell would you draft him? You know? But, hey, hindsight 2020, right? Yeah, the writing was on the wall. I remember Dallas wanted, wanted Johnny Manziel, too. Yep. I do remember that. Uh, Dallas owner, what's, what is his name? Gary Jones. Gary Jones, yeah. He, like, was in love with him. He was infatuated by Johnny Manziel. It was his, his butt buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, did you have anything else to talk about, Cohen? Um, just that uh, we're going live for the draft. It's going to be about a month away. Uh, me and Dan are still going to talk some details on that. Uh, he's been busy here lately with work. Um. Hopefully things open up soon. I think I want to have a, a practice session, so we might even invite just some, if you're interested in attending, we might invite just some select few people to our practice session. Um, even if I don't invite people, I'm going to ask a few people because I actually might need some help and some feedback on you know, audio quality, uh, things like that, so... If you're listening and you want to be involved, reach out to us, please. Our yes. email is coddan.football at gmail.com. Or you can always hit us up on our Facebook page. Just look up Coddan Football Podcast. You'll find us. If that's it, Cody, what do you say? That's it for the Coddan Football Podcast. Yeah, yeah.